All right, welcome back to this episode of the Cutlass Podcast. So as I've talked before, before you can begin to effectively leverage your power bases and utilize the influence tactics that we talk about, you still need to understand a few of the key power and influence relationship fundamentals. Other things you got to think about is you're going to spend considerable time influencing individuals and groups, and you have to consider the setting, which is appropriate for the situation and desired outcomes. You got to give thought to who requires influence given the team objectives and timelines you're working under. Uh, and then you got to understand that who you're wielding influence on is going to change. Your targets will change depending on the position or the objective you're trying to achieve. So the power and influence model that uh, I use and, and anchor all my discussions to, it's really not overly complex, but when you develop, apply it, and really understand it, the results can be powerful. So when we work through this model, we always start at the right end, which really identifies the objectives that you're trying to achieve. And the other part that it identifies there is the attitude you're trying to shape in your teams that currently exist and that you desire to have going forward. So today to discuss this concept of, you know, objectives, the why and the goals is U.S. Navy Chief Petty Officer Jeff Bayless. Jeff is a native of Spring, Texas and joined the Navy in November of 2000. He served as a boatswain's mate on a variety of platforms, including guided missile destroyers, carriers, and amphibious ships. He served as a deck limited duty officer for eight years and is currently assigned as the first lieutenant aboard Destroyer Squadron 22. Jeff has an associate's degree from Excelsior College. He is also the creator and host of the Evolution Podcast and does frequent fleet speaking engagements presenting his Evolution Through Resilience seminar where he shares his personal experiences and challenges. So Jeff, thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Cutlass Podcast. What's going on with you these days? Hey, Paul, thanks for having me. It's an honor to uh, rub elbows with the tribe of mentors. The the guests you've had on here already have been pretty remarkable. So uh, it's really an honor to be here and I, I appreciate your time and inviting me. Yeah, no problem. How are things going with the whole COVID environment we're in? Uh, you know me, I've, I've definitely not uh, letting any grass grow under me. Yeah, so I think that is more importantly is just to keep keep some form of movement going in your life, you know, and that's beneficial not only like you talk about in one of your power bases, you know, taking care of yourself, right? And so during this time, I've really been focusing on ensuring that, you know, I get the hour of movement every day. Awesome. Um, so, uh, and we'll get into that concept, you know, because this topic is going to apply. We don't just set objectives or follow objectives given to us for leading our teams and managing our teams, but we also lead ourselves and influence ourselves. So I'll, I'll tee that up at a little bit later. So let's get to uh, this, mm-hmm. this concept of uh, objectives and goals. Um, so as I mentioned in the introduction, before you start to wield your power bases and the influence tactics, You've got to know what you're after, right? And you recently did a video. I saw you posting on Facebook. So how do you identify team goals and how do you work to communicate those goals to your team? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I had this, uh, this what I thought was a pretty novel concept. Uh, and then after reading Mark Devine's book, Staring Down the Wolf, he mentioned it too. But, you know, honestly, if, if, if he thought it was worthy enough to put into his book, then it's a great idea, right? So right. Uh, I think the... Uh, that we get caught up in the minutia of, you know, the, the day-to-day tasks, right? And the, in the, the, the problem that we're facing right in front of us. But really, if you look at commander's intent and break it down, like every military exercise or operation has commander's intent. Okay. And then the, the commander's intent has three parts. It has the, the purpose, the key tasks, right? So the purpose is the why, right? So why are we doing this? What's our, what's our why behind, you know, like Simon Sinek's book, start with why, right? So why are we doing this? Then it has key tasks. So what exactly are we going to do? And then we have the end state, right? So the end state is, you know, we're going to capture this airfield and then set up a, a forward operating base here or whatever that end state is, right? 
if we can kind of apply this to our everyday leadership, if you work the problem backwards from the end state, it makes it a lot more bite-sized and, and manageable, uh, and, and it helps you see the larger picture. What is the bigger picture? What is the end state that we're trying to get at? Well, we're trying to get a warship that's you know equipped, manned, and trained, and ready to deploy, right? Really, if I'm if I'm breaking it down backwards, you know, we need to we need to focus on that end state and, and look at that bigger picture, and it helps to understand you know the key tasks and the purpose. Okay, you know, frontline leaders and leaders throughout the organization got to understand. So some of the objectives and goals that we've shaped in our careers or you shape now or any leader out there or manager is shaping is, is defined for them, right? So some of them are organizational goals. You referred to it as a mission, right? So on a ship, we know that ship's going to deploy to a certain place to complete a certain mission. And then from there, the important part is to realize perhaps in the military, it's war fighting readiness in general. But can you break down your piece of war fighting re- readiness within your team and then communicate that to them, right? So you've got these defined goals and objectives, that are laid out for you. So at that point, I think it's important for the leader to communicate the team, the small units role into that broader mission. What you're, what you're talking about is ownership, right? Like what you're, what you're describing or what I hear you saying, and I totally agree is like, we can say because of the generations or, you know, however you want to articulate it, it doesn't really matter why, but the truth is that everyone needs to have buy-in some sort of ownership and understanding of the end state understanding of the big picture, you know, like I was on a ship uh, that was going through an aviation certification, right? And in this aviation certification, so that's bringing people from all over the ship, right? Different divisions from engineering, from deck, from even the bridge team, right? Everybody's involved if you're going to land a helicopter on a ship, right? And we go over to the training group and get the team together. And at one point, essentially, it dawned on me that half the people in the room didn't really understand the process of what, you know, T1, T2, M1, you know, what the certification process was. Right. And so I'm I'm not going to break my arm patting myself on the back here, but, you know, I just said, hey, training team, can we just take a time out? Why don't you guys step outside? And I just had a conversation with the group. Hey, how many of you guys actually know why you're here? Or did somebody just tell you you need to be here? How many of you have ever done aviation operations before? You know, in the yeah. hands, it's like, the, the light just went off, you know, it's like, oh, like nobody understands the end state. Like they don't understand when you can have that buy-in. If everybody understands, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what you're talking about, knowing your audience, right? That seaman recruit, that GSE2 had two different levels of knowledge. They had two different levels of understanding of what the process was and how to get to the win, get to the end state, which is where we're certified, qualified ready to operate uh, helicopters on this ship. So I think that goes back to knowing your audience. Everybody needs to have some sort of buy-in and ownership and then just some sort of understanding of the purpose and key tasks in order to get to the end state. Yeah. So what's your advice? Do you say, do you communicate that daily? Do you communicate that each task? Can it ever be over-communicated what the end state is? Uh, so me personally, I don't think it can ever be overly communicated unless it's a, you know, a need to know sensitive objective, right? Okay. Like that's, if it's something that's classified, you know, then it's yep. classified. If they don't have a clearance for that. I get that part. But no, I don't think it can be overly communicated. I think that that is where you get more effort out of sailors uh, in leadership is when you are communicating to them on a daily basis. Hey, this is this is what needs to get done. And this is why, you know, because we have this inspection coming up or we have we need to be ready for these no look inserts, you yep. know, or no notice inserts, you know, like 
I mean, obviously, if, if you're in an evolution and it's dangerous, like I don't have time to explain why you're about to get your leg snapped off from a broken mooring line, right? Yep. Um, but I think I, I would encourage people to take the time to explain and have those conversations because that's where the magic happens. That's where people get the buy-in, the understanding. And then that's really, that's going to empower them to have the desire to do more for the organization. Yeah, the more you can, I think, peel that onion back, right? So, you know, at the daily level, it's all task management. It's like, hey, do this thing, do this task. You know, the your typical, you know, worker just wants to come in, do what they got to do for the day, usually focused on some personal stuff as well. So they just come in, hey, I got to do this maintenance. I got to get this admin administrative thing done, whatever that piece is. And perhaps leaders then translate a little higher. Maybe it's about, hey, yeah, we got to pass an inspection. But then you got to take it even higher, right? Why does it matter that we pass this inspection, right? Because, you know, at least on on the Navy side, we have a mission to fulfill, right? And then if you can, you communicate the importance of that mission to the national level. That's when it gets pretty powerful. So um, to your point, I agree. I think sometimes taking times to explain those fundamental things that we take for granted is a, a great opportunity to communicate with our people. I think everybody can uh, can relate to this uh, scenario I'm going to give now. And I know you had a uh, force match chief, Kevin Goodrich, uh, on an, uh, an earlier podcast. Or maybe that was on proceedings, but yeah. he, he talks about this a lot, too. And, you know, the ships have a maintenance cycle, then a training cycle, then a deployment cycle, and then they come back into the maintenance cycle. And so what happens is a lot of these ships get extended into that maintenance cycle, right? And that deployment cycle is not moving. So what happens? That That training cycle gets compressed, right? And so... Well, I go to ships every day. Like I'm on two or three ships every day uh, talking to sailors. And a lot of these sailors don't understand, you know, it's it's great in the yards when we're going home at 1400 every day and not not spending any extreme time at sea or underway. Like they're, they're kind of liking it. And then we get into this uh, training cycle where it's very compressed. And then it's like they're in a pressure cooker, you know, like standing three section duty point, like yeah. multiple warfare areas at the same time conducting drills. And so it really compresses and puts a lot of pressure on the sailor. And that's the time when you really need to have more of those conversations. Like, hey, I understand that this is this is why, though, like we got extended the arts because we had some engineering or uh, maintenance uh, stuff to do. And so our deployment is still going to be here. Now, we have a problem. It doesn't mean we are the problem. Right. Like we just have this problem. And then guess what? We have the opportunity to be the solution. This is your time to shine like. Permission granted, you know, but explaining to them and understanding that, hey, this isn't just like we want to make things hard on you and give you multiple tasks at the same time. It's because we got to extend the yards. We still have to deploy. Here's where we're at. And I think at the deck plate level, I'm seeing that the conversations I'm having, you know, they they need to happen more often uh, about explaining exactly why we're doing two drills at the same time. Okay. Or why why we're in three section duty. Yeah. You know, things like that. Okay. Um, so let's get into leader defined goals and objectives. So yeah, you come in, you got responsibilities. As I talked in an earlier episode of Cutlass podcast on positional power. Um, you have responsibilities you got to fulfill. There's mission driven requirements, but then as a leader, you have the opportunity to shape some things, right? You can, you can shape the standards and you can shape the attitudes and perhaps you can add some of your own training in there, right? But. I think you got to be careful though, too, right? So you got to bounce off the defined goals of, you know, of the objective or of the organization compared to your own and make sure that you're not letting your personal desires trump what the organization wants you to do. So how do you define mm. standards as a leader on your personal side and communicate those to their team? 
Yeah, so personal standards, this boils down to a level of trust. In order to gain that trust, not only with you know subordinates but superiors, in order to gain that trust, you have to maintain a level of standard that's above board for yourself, right? And if your sailors see you walking the walk and talking the talk, like both, right? Like you're, you're doing the PMS, you're wearing a uniform correctly, you know, that gives you that level of trust, right? And that's how you build that trust, you know, down the chain of command and up the chain of command. That's if you are maintaining standards, that's how you get that level of trust, right? Like they're, they're going to empower you or you're going to be empowered or you're going to be able to empower others with some level of trust if you're maintaining some level of standards. And I think also there's a, you know, this gets back to the why, right? So we're kind of talking about always thinking about what the why is. So when you come in with a standard, right, people are typically going, okay, why are we doing that? Why do we have to do this? You often see this with parenting, right? Because we do influence with parenting, right? Why do we have to do this? Or why do I care, right? So you're trying really to impart some value and belief system. So something is clearly personally important to you. It's a value of you and you're trying to, and you see something that people can gain out of it. Part of that communication is not just, hey, here's the standard, but they got to communicate why it's important, um, how it's made you a better person or made the, you know, you more efficient or more effective at work and then connect that to the with them, right? What's in it for me with the people? Hey, if you do these things or if I teach you to operate at this kind of level of a standard or if you do these habits, you, it will help you be better in this, this, this and this way. What's been your experience with that? three things just kind of went off in my brain as you're talking, thinking about that, right? So sailors, I think, or all of us, like myself, like we, we crave some sort of structure, right? And then when you create that structure and you have that, that foundation or these standards as, as you're talking about, right? That also creates pride, right? Like the boatmate yep. community is, is all about, I mean, we are proud to be book nerds. Like we are proud to say that's not the tech manual. That's not the GSO. That's not in, you know, what reference do you have for that? Like, I love it when a BMS in says, hey, chief, like, what PMS card is that? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Let's look it up together, right? Like, we have this, and I, I can't speak for every rate, but I know in the boatsmate rating, I know this to be true. Like, we have a level of pride because of those standards, right? That that Those standards and structure have created a level of pride, which also, if we take it a step further, now we have a tribe, Right now we have a community. Now we have a culture. And I know you've talked about Carl Younger's book, uh, Tribe. Yep. You know, everybody wants to have some sense of belonging to the team. And so if, <laughs> if with my philosophy of the end state, right, if we work it backwards, right, yep. the end state is we want to have a community, a tribe of a culture of people that love coming to work and doing the nation's work, right? If we work that backwards, then we have, you know, we have the community, which stems from pride, which, you know, comes from some sort of structure which is built upon standards again okay. it, it kind of proves my philosophy again that, yes you know you got the end state just work the problem backwards yep it's it's reinforcing it and like i said this may all sound like common sense but i think it's good from time to time a lot of these podcasts are meant and you know in the, in the way i write books and articles is to get you to just stop and reflect and just gauge yourself against some of these fundamentals but yeah we're trying to achieve objectives and through our teams and stuff but at the same time as a leader or manager you have a key role in developing people 
to be better, right? And encouraging them and influencing them to be better people and develop skill sets and attributes that will make them successful in the military. Mate, you know, hey, I want you to be definitely successful in the military. I don't want you to be your own worst enemy with your own, uh, you know, short fallings or your your own personal attitudes and beliefs and attributes that may not be uh, productive. But when you get out of the military, I want you to be successful as well. So that kind of was something I always communicated and kept in the back of my mind. So, all right. So let's shift over this concept of leading self. I mentioned it at the beginning. So we lead up, down, across, right? We influence our supervisors, our bosses. We influence our peers and we influence the people that uh, work for us. But we also influence and manage ourselves. Let's discuss how you establish the why for you personally and what has influenced that philosophy. Yeah, great question. Probably, probably one of the best questions you can ask, really, because, you know, if you start with yourself, that's how you can, you know, benefit others, right? And be yep. a service to others. So I've, I've got this uh, philosophy in my own mind where I've, I've kind of looked at this as like a wheel, right? And you can use a bicycle wheel that it has spokes. And if one spoke's out of true, then the wheel gets wobbly, right? Or if, if you're not familiar with that concept, like a wagon wheel, right? Okay. So a wagon wheel has, has spokes, right? And each one of these spokes are, are foundations that shore up that wheel to make sure that the wheel is straight, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff there. There's spirituality, there's um, mental, uh, you know, just knowledge, learning, right? There's your physical fitness, there's your wellness, you know, your your mental health. Like there's a there's a ton of things. There's a ton of spokes on this wheel of of wellness, right? Um, but you know, again, if if I'm reusing the same end state, it's like you know that. We all know we want to be good human beings. Like uh, at a fundamental level, even those of us that are having uh, mental health challenges uh, or physical health challenges, we know we want to be well. Like so, if you want to be healthy, you know the end state is: I want to, you know, pass the PRT. I want to be within standards, and I want to look sharp in my uniform. Right? Like, let's just say at a basic level that's your end state. Well, just work that backwards. Like, you know, get get a meal plan get some exercise, reach out to your CFL. Like there's a lot of resources out there, but if you work the problem backwards, knowing what your end state is, it makes each decision that much better. Right. And so I've seen this work in my own life, just, uh, you know, picking up a, a phone and calling for, uh, you know, an appointment for mental health, right? Like breaking down the stigma because we know we want to be mentally sharp, right? We, we know we want to be mentally healthy, but sometimes those steps that get us like it's a lot of little decisions. It's a lot of course corrections, like a ship during an underway replenishment. They don't change 180 degrees all at once, right? It's one yeah. degree at a time. If you work the in state backwards, like I want to be mentally healthy. If you work it backwards, the first thing you got to do is just make a phone call. Yep. You know, yep. like, like it, it, it's really just go ahead and get started. You know, oh. go ahead and, and talk to your chief and say, Hey, I've got some level of anxiety that I, I would like to talk to someone about. If you don't feel comfortable, there's a hundred hotlines out there for this, you know? Yep. Yeah. I think also this is where you pause and reflect on your own personal value and belief system and what's shaping those. So, you know, we've been shaped over our childhood, our parents, our friends, you know, um, whatever leadership, you know, religious leaders, whatever you had in your life. But then as you come in and you mature, different things start to develop that self-motivation within you. It's the, why do I get up in the morning to do this? Why does this matter? So maybe early on, it's just the need mm-hmm. to get a paycheck. You know, you're just establishing your career. Um, you just need to go to college, get credits, do those kind of things. But as you mature and move up, what we call Maslow's hierarchy, right? What motivates you should change over your life, right? So that's a key thing, not just for yourself, but thinking about what gets you out of bed and motivated in the morning, right? What's driving you? Uh, I think that's a key piece of self-reflection. 
two two books come to mind with that is uh, the body keeps the score, and uh, okay. I just read uh, Struggle Well by uh, Ken Falk. Both of these books uh, they're they're kind of on different uh, tangents for mental health, but the, the the principle applying to what you just said, the body keeps the score and Struggle Well. They both talk about how it's not one singular event for most of us that got us on a different trajectory towards our own wellness and, and health, right? Yeah. So, you know, the body keeps the score or struggle well talks about like a lot of the soldiers and sailors and airmen that have uh, PTSD. It wasn't necessarily one event, you know, some main space fire. It was childhood trauma, you know, trauma throughout, right? So you just, I think when you see these uh, events or if you know them to be there, I don't think it, it's helpful or beneficial for us to compartmentalize it and just keep charging forward, right? Like you should take note of it talk to someone about it, do something about it. Cause when you know better, you can do better. Right. Yeah. So from your perspective, um, we talked a little bit about this, um, getting into mental health and stress that how does that realign your why, right? Do you sometimes lose sight of the why? Do you just give up hope on a why? Do you feel like, like we talked about with, uh, you know, that book tribe, right? It, you know, if you feel ostracized from team, right, you can lose that sense of the personal why, why am I here? What, what value do I bring? What's your thoughts on that? I feel like nothing is more debilitating than depression. It's, it makes it even on the like mental health questionnaire. One of the questions they'll ask you is, you know, does this impact your ability to do your job? And that's the, that's the best question because if you see that, then you know that it's impacting, you know, your performance, right? And yeah. you probably want to perform, right? But if you, if you have depression or one of these other, mental health issues, they're going to be the most debilitating. So obviously you're going to see a lack in your, uh, in your drive and your performance. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that again, just kind of goes back to paying attention. So let's talk about goal setting, personal goal setting. What's your, uh, what drives your personal goal setting and why is that so important? For me personally, it's servant leadership. My, my personal goal is, uh, you know, I want to cast a wide net and, and help as many people as possible. Uh, to grow and develop not only as leaders, but as, as human beings, right? But having a goal is super important because like we just said earlier, it's what drives you to get out of bed, yeah. right? And, and if you have these goals, I think what we find is like we have these immediate goals, but we should also have long-term goals, right? So like maybe your goal right now is to make second class. So what do you do? You're going to study, right? Like you should get the bib. You should review your tech manuals that, you know, you need to only, you can only have at work. Having a goal is imperative to having a purpose. Otherwise you're just getting out of bed to do the same thing every day. Yep. Um, you know, you have your short term goals. Like, you know, I'm, I'm retiring from the Navy. And now my short term goal is to get a job that's fulfilling. That's my short term goal. My long term goal is to leave a legacy where my eulogy will say Jeff Bayless was a pretty good dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he helped a lot of people along the way and he shared his story and he really put himself out there in an effort to be of service to others. Right. Uh, so that's my, that's my long term goal is my legacy. We all care about our legacy. That's our long-term goal, right? And then what forges your legacy is your reputation. And then what goes into that is your character and your value system. And so if we're only focused on our legacy, our long-term goal, and we forget about our character, put it another way, if you only focused on your value system and your character, your reputation and legacy will take care of itself. Right. Right? Like, you weren't put into being a fleet master chief because you were worried about the legacy of being the fleet master chief. Yep. Right? Yeah. Like, you focused on your character every day and just did the best you could to lead sailors in your charge, and then the legacy took care of itself. Um, so how's this 
the, your goals and your philosophies that we talked about shape the way you communicate at work or with your podcast or your speaking engagements? I think what has changed for me, which was been has been a radical uh, change, is you know I think we all wear these masks, right? Um, some of us, for me, it was a mask of masculinity. Some people wear a mask of hiding behind what's on their chest, not what's in their chest. Okay. A lot of people wear a lot of masks. You know, like we have a stoic philosophy of like go out with your shield, either come back with your shield or come back on it, yeah. right? Like this, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's power and vulnerability. Uh, you can call it authenticity. You can call it transparency if you don't like the vulnerability word because we're military. So I get that's like kind of showing your back to the enemy. You don't have to say vulnerability. What's been a radical change for me and has been really rewarding to see it benefit others is transparency, authenticity. And that that has really been the way I've been able to reach and help a lot of sailors uh, is with that in mind. Okay. All right. So uh, any last kind of thoughts that come to mind on this? And then uh, we've touched on them, but just to consolidate them all, what kind of resources would you offer for the audience, like podcasts, articles, books, that kind of stuff? Yeah. So the first thing I say, and this is what's undervalued or maybe not talked about enough, is just good and meaningful conversations. That is the number one resource. We're always looking for the book that's going to change our life. We're always looking for the podcast that's going to entertain us on a run or a bike ride or commute. But really, the meaningful conversation is probably the number one resource out there. Call someone and talk to them. Have these meaningful conversations. That's where the growth happens. So that would be my number one resource. Podcast, I would say the only podcast I would really mention is uh, uh, Making Sense by Sam Harris. Okay, He's really good at, uh, at breaking things down. For books, I uh, I strongly recommend Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Okay. You know, it gives perspective on when you feel like you have nothing in life. I mean, he was in a concentration camp, uh, but it's all about perspective, right? It's about, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And yep. He had everything taken away from him uh, and yet was still able to keep a positive mental attitude. Uh, but everything is about perspective. I talked about uh, vulnerability earlier, so I just I would just throw up an author, not necessarily any one particular work, but uh, Brene Brown. It's counterintuitive uh, because you don't think that in reading her books that it's going to benefit you in leadership. Uh, but Dare to Lead, if you, if this is you're really focused on leadership, uh, Dare to Lead really talks about how you know the transparency, authenticity can help you be a better leader. It's it's hard to limit it to just a few. Yep. But <laughs> no, I mean I just go two. for the top three, and uh, you know I just throw them in the episode description each time for people that want to follow. And that's kind of the thing is like take like you mentioned, right? You know, listen to a podcast, but ultimately it's the listening is important, the reflection is important, but then go out and have a conversation, right? Talk through this stuff some more. So I thought that was a great point. All right, Jeff, thanks again. My guest today has been Navy Chief Petty Officer Jeff Bayless. Thanks, Jeff, for taking some time to join me today on the uh, Cutlass Podcast and offering your insights. Hey, thanks, Paul. It's been an honor, and I really appreciate your work. Uh, hats off to you, sir. You're doing a great job. All right, thanks. Take care. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cutlass Podcast. If you want to learn more about the topic we've discussed today or in any other episode, you can check out the Chief Petty Officer's Guide or the other resources listed in the episode description. Take time now to subscribe, follow, like, and share. Um, you can provide me feedback in the comments or suggest topics for future episodes, or you can email me at cutlassleadership at gmail.com. I'm Paul Kingsbury. Work hard to keep your leadership cutlass sharp and work to be a sturdy, versatile, incredible leader who makes a positive difference in your personal and professional life. 